0: Andy and Sarah will have a nice conversation and we'll just take care of the kids. Hello and welcome to Explicitly Us. Whether you're young, old, single or married, this podcast is for you. Light-hearted, family-friendly and full of laughs. It is guaranteed to put a smile on your face. So get on the treadmill or get another slice of cake, but just get ready because here they are. Live at the time of this recording, all the way from Table 19, your pizzas-ready studio, here are your hosts, Andy and Trista.
1: So, uh,
2: one thing that I've seen... I've seen somebody go through this before, and I didn't know what they were going through at the time. And when they get to that point of severe anxiety, um, they have tremors, they're shaking, and they can't focus their yep. eyes, and they can't communicate. Yep with you like verbally they can't speak is that something that you've experienced i i thought the person that i saw at the time i thought they were possessed of the devil is the way they looked you know and i'm like i'm glad i'm not married to that person right like what's going on in their life and so i was wondering if if that's something that is this a case-by-case basis or is that something that you experienced
1: when i had those panic attacks it wasn't every time, but this, I could recall it was a good little while there, a couple weeks where I would go to bed, and it was awful. It was just, the, and again, I can't tell you what triggered it, but I would violently shake all over, and just the hot, the hot, like it was like my my body was on fire. It was just literally this, this hot sensation through my skin, and I would have to hold on to Tim's hand. I had to hold his hand. And he had to help me get through it. It was awful. Um, and then once he would help me breathe and calm down, and we would start talking about something else. He was literally, and I didn't want to. Oh, I didn't want to. I wanted to dwell in it, but I didn't want to dwell in it. But I had to dwell in it because it was my moment. It was the present. It was my life. I, If I didn't dwell on this, I might die. I mean, he was those all these crazy things. But when Tim started to pull me out of that, and he said, let's talk. And we would start talking about, man, he's anything. Grab anything off the wall. I would gradually come out of it and I would just fall asleep like that, exhausted. So
0: mm. there were a few occasions where I would be like, Let's just talk about something else, like she would say. And so I would do my best to change the subject and she would almost get more heightened
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh, because sorry.
0: I was trying to change the subject instead mm. of let's talk about what the problem is well talking about the problem is not gonna help. Let's change it to something else and put that out of our mind. But then it was like it was almost a catch twenty two where it was almost causing a greater anxiety because well you you know, we're not dealing with the problem. And so it was it's just this weird mix of mental, emotional, and physical things that all counteract against each yeah. other, that cause this spiral downfall that it's very difficult once that that happens to kind of pull out of that you have to start with one of those you know whether that's your you know a blood pressure medicine that kind of keeps that calm or you know some type of mental exercise of changing the subject Lots of
1: breathing. so
0: that will help so, to overcome that but definitely those physical signs there
2: let me ask you a very hard question pastor morrison uh that I want you to be completely honest with with to a fault i think is is how you'll have to be here Let's say your wife, your wife didn't go through this, but somebody in your church who you obviously don't have a relationship with, the husband comes to you, or the wife and husband come to you and they say, This is what she's experiencing. And they explain to you what she's experiencing, all the things that your wife went through. And you're in your office as your past as the pastor. And they can't pinpoint a reason and this, that, and the other. And and as a pastor, we can't help it but look at people's lives and be like, all right, well, I know you got this going on in your life that you could be taking out of your life. And that could probably be hindering you spiritually. And so as a pastor who has never experienced this, which obviously you have a greater amount of knowledge because you have. Um, what would your response have been? And even to a fault, what would your response have been at that point? And then if you want to clarify maybe what your response would be today.
0: Yeah, I think, and I want to preface this by saying that I've grown up around the ministry, and kind of being in that aspect, there's this mentality that has developed in our formidable years that, just trust the Lord and he'll take care of everything else, which is true. But at the same time, having experienced some of these things, that mentality without a first-hand experience can hinder, almost, almost frustrate you in that, hey, you should be more spiritually mature than this. You shouldn't have to be dealing with these things. You know, just read your Bible and pray, which is all right and true. But there may be some legitimate physiological things or even mental aspects that are real in people's lives that up until that point that we went through this ourselves, really just kind of, you know, almost kind of brush it aside as, Hey, you just need to get over some things. You just need to grow up. You know, you just need to tough it up a little bit and, you know, get through it. And then you realize that, hey, look, you know, there there's some legitimate struggles that people are having in their lives that I think, you know, over this past year have just become magnified mm-hmm. a thousand times because of everything going yeah. on. Little chinks in the armor that were one time unnoticed are now becoming large portions and magnified in a great degree. So to answer your question, I think kind of before it would be kind of just like a almost a little bit of frustration, like, hey, you know, it's just time to grow up and get past some stuff, and you really shouldn't be worrying about all this kind of stuff, okay. To to, you know, getting in that situation and realizing that, that that aspect of dealing with it maybe in that kind of mindset isn't necessarily helpful to the people that you're trying to deal with. And just learning that lesson, and I think that's part of the reason that we go through those things is so that the Lord can teach us how to help others. Because without that experience, I would have just basically just kind of brushed it aside and been like, ah, you just need to get over it uh, without really seeking to identify what's going on, whether it's, a physical difficulty, or something else, um, and really trying to help them through that and work through that with some patience, I think, has definitely been gained in that regard.
2: I think if I was to be honest, I would have to say, I would probably look for, is this are these signs of conviction in this person's life? Are they going through a spiritual conviction, or are they going through unforgiveness from the past are they going through marital issues things like that are they discontent with their um role in their life and in their marriage that those are all the angles i think that i would approach and all of them based on what sarah said um there's no reason for why you feel the way you your body just starts shaking and it has these different levels of toxins in them that are that are doing this and there's no exact reason now there's situational uh, periods in your life that will maybe activate that right there's things that you might go through but then again you can't necessarily you know put your finger on anything sarah would you agree with all those things
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, like I said, I think that the board. I and I knew it. Okay, so going back to when you were asking him a question, and I don't mean this against him in any way, but, um, and I don't know, maybe you can relate this to the ministry. Let me I can say this delicately. Um,
0: <laughs> it's explicitly you, you us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm his wife and all that, obviously. So, but I, okay, so he had to become my pastor, and I don't think he was ready for that. <laughs> and that had not happened yet in our relationship in a sense of me getting counsel, right. that make sense? Like, we yeah. would talk, we talked talk these through, we would pray all together for the past eight years, whatever. But through this, he had to become my pastor, and I needed him to be there as my husband and my pastor, and I think he struggled in the beginning with everything he mentioned. I, I, I honestly... Just to be truthful, I felt that from him that you just need to get over this. You, this is something that's going to pass. It's fine. You know, take off school. And we did. That was only a, that was only a, a smidge of the issue. But he just thought, let's get rid of the school. Let's do this. Let's just focus on just being here at home. And that he wanted it to be over. And I mean, trust me, I did too, but it just wasn't happening. So through that, I Think he realized okay, this is a bigger picture here than what I even understand, and so he was very supportive with the whole going through all the medical things. But there was never a time really that he was that he held me back on that. And if it had thick, his mind, his thing was if it gets peace of mind, then go do it. And it came down to the end of me being getting alone with the Lord in a sense of growing and okay. For instance, one time when I was going through this, I grabbed him's arms and I said, you have to pray with me. I said, pray with me right now. You have to pray with me. I'm, I'm panicking. I don't know what's wrong. Please pray with me. And I can remember him saying, I can't do this for you and being very frustrated at him because he could not take care of this issue. I just wanted him to pray with me because he's a preacher, right? He's a pastor. He's supposed to take this away. <laughs> and I can remember being very frustrated that he would not do that need for me. Now, Granted, through that, I feel like the Lord grew him, but the the Lord grew me too. And then eventually that came. But had he had, had, had he had, (laughs) (laughs) came and done that for me, catered to me and held me and prayed for me in that moment that I wanted it, I don't feel like I would have grown where God was saying I had to grow. Because I got alone with him, and I just asked him, "What is in my life that you're wanting out?" Because obviously I've got a problem, and he showed me. So be ready if you're sincere about it. And it was over a good week or two of devotions, very, very intense devotions with the Lord. That he showed me some things, and I'll just be honest with to me and explicitly us. There was a lot of selfishness, and it wasn't in a sense of just "I want this; that's mine," but it was, it was in all kinds of different forms. And then here's another one for you, anger. And I never felt like I was an angry person, but um, it came out in different ways of frustration. And so the Lord showed me those things. And when I started to identify those, work on those, and get my mind off the self and all those feelings and emotions, um, the Lord slowly just really started bringing me out of it. And then he finally came around and helped me be able to get through that. But I think the Lord brought us to it in a point where we both learned through it. And then I was able to have the husband and the pastor that I was meeting, but I had to first surrender all that to God because it, it is what it is. I had a problem, I had an issue, and he's the only one who could take it away. And tell, I had to realize that. But
2: tell, Trista, feel free to cut in if you have any questions. I feel like um, me and Sarah are having a conversation
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, here, so like, like which is normally three, how it
2: happens. told
0: you told you that
2: would have
1: so I'm Trista, good with serious, it. Krista, like, <laughs> like, seriously, as a wife and as a pastor's wife, now that you're a pastor's wife, do you feel like sometimes that same issue, like, where he's a pastor to everybody else, which is what you want, but do you ever feel like you need to go to him as a pastor for advice?
2: There, are, I mean, yeah, there are times. I can't think of, like, a specific instance right now. Yeah. But, yeah, there are definitely those moments. When she doesn't pay her tithe, yeah. I always go to her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's hard. It's hard to live that, that role.
2: Well, I was wanting yeah. to ask this because I think we can all agree that it it's not necessarily tied to a spiritual um, fallacy or, or anything in your life. However, when we go through these times of anxiety and depression there is a spiritual battle regardless of where it's from and in any spiritual battle your strength is dependent upon your your um sin life on how repentant you've been in your daily walk with him on your devotional life on your surrender life, on your worship life, on your praise life. In all these things, the closer we are and the more surrendered to God we are, it gives us more strength to fight. Not necessarily it doesn't necessarily take away the anxiety or fix the the medical condition that we have. And it can. God is the the great physician and he can take that from us. But we're not saying that cancer is a spiritual problem. It's a medical problem, just as anxiety is a medical problem. But even if you have cancer, you are going to have more strength to fight that mood that is going to come, that depression, anxiety, that even might come with cancer, if you're walking with the Lord correctly in your life. So would you say in, in your experience that making sure that you're in good communion with the Lord is essential and and needful to help with that, Sarah?
1: Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, as in, um, you know, even if you get comfortable, let's say I don't have as many anxiety attacks right now, I feel like I've got it under control medically. Um, The Lord every once in a while will remind me where I've come from, if you will.
2: (laughs) For sure, for sure.
1: Keep in with him
2: and stuff like that so right now one more question on this subject and then we'll start wrapping it up because i know you have some guests coming to your house um your children uh how when it first started were you a little bit tentative to kind of let them know what was going on in your life was there any like i tim i'm gonna be in the bedroom you got the kids uh, did they know what was going on? At what point did you start talking about it as a family and letting them into your struggles? How did that progress? I don't know if it did progress, but was there a progression at all?
1: Well, I think it was a little bit inevitable because I had gone to the emergency room twice, so they were around and involved when it was happening. They, it kind of got to the point where they knew it was where I was having struggles, as we call it, and they would. Um, They would just be there for me. They may not have necessarily understood it, but they knew that I needed my space or whatever. But as far as talking to them about it, um, I don't know that, again, really until the end of the year that we really didn't understand it ourselves. And so I think they just kind of got to the fact that they needed mom just needed everybody to stay chill. (laughs) And that was not helping with the blood pressure problems. Um, and so I think they realized those signs as well. And then they helped uh, tremendously with the, with helping me, to be honest with you, not have as many panic attacks, panic attacks or anxiety, because again, I needed the closeness. I needed them there. Um, I was this weird thing. I'm telling you, this is weird. And everybody goes to it differently. I wanted, I loved it when they even sat on top of my lap. I bought a I bought a weighted blanket. I just, I wanted to feel like there was, pressure on top of me as in a weight. You know what I'm saying? It was really weird. I wanted the kids on my lap. It was just that comfort I needed. That was how I dealt with it. But letting them understand what it was, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I guess they figured it out eventually, but we never really sat down. We prayed about it in our devotion, so they kind of yeah. get to know through that way.
0: Yeah, I don't know that we've had any, like, specific pointed conversation. Hey, this is exactly what's happened. But definitely through all that, just then having those conversations with them where they are aware of I'm things, saying. hey, we need, to, <laughs> yeah. we need to pray for mom, we need, yeah. to, we need to work on this, we need to help her out with this at the house, we need to do whatever, has actually, in many regards, brought us closer together as a family unit, because we all take up a little bit of that responsibility to help out in different areas. And we've grown in that as well. So, you know, there's definitely some pros and cons to all of that as you go through that situation.
2: And then last lastly, how has this affected your your personal ministry, your church, in in your people, Sarah? Uh, that you minister to probably more than a pastor, like the ladies of the church, but then outside of the church, has there been a ministry that's opened up to you to be an encouragement to others? How has this affected your life in that regard?
1: Um, Well, as far as my ladies went, I was having a ladies class every month and I had, of course the pandemic again, we were shut down. So when everything first started coming back up, I was really kind of hesitant about even doing that because of the anxiety or whatever. But I did it anyway. I pushed through because I knew I had to. I knew, even if I knew what was going on, and even when we were taking blah, 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 all the things we talked about today, I still had to do. I still had to do this ministry. I still needed to be involved in that because that's what God had called us to do. So I would just, I made myself. And the more that I would do that and the more that I would teach the ladies, the ladies' classes, the better it got. And the more um, I came away encouraged. And again, the more I walked away like, had no idea that my old ladies were even dealing with stuff like that. Um, so that was a blessing in regards to that. Our church people were aware, of course, just through the prayer of when I was sick, and then just being able to give testimony of what the Lord had done. Um, I would like to think at least helped some of them. I know that some of them told me it did. And then as far as outside of the ministry, um, there was just when I, like I said earlier, when I had given those stories, I was just bored at the different ladies. She said. Thanked me so much just for being open about it because they had dealt with it for so long. They did never had never told me one. So then I started to be able to write a list of names to pray for, and I had this one individual reach out, and she was somebody who did not go to our church. She was here in our town, and I don't know the the, the I don't know the status of her salvation, but she reached out, very panicked, very anxiety, very much anxiety, and I was able to witness to her through that, and that one for me because. I was dealing with it at that moment, and I thought, "Wait, wait! I'm trying to figure out what's going on with myself." And God said, "No, but you know, you, in the meantime, was was witness to her." So that was a great blessing to be able to be witness to someone I didn't even know that was saved through it. And then um, just, just the godly influences that, that the Lord has given me bonded. I have one particular friend that I can go to at any time, and I know that she will be there as far as verses or encouragement, and um, and that's been a blessing. So. Hopefully that answers the questions, right?
0: Yeah, and to me, one of the keys is to get past what's going on with self. You find someone else that you can help along the way, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: when you learn, then to put others, you know, obviously ahead of yourself, because so much of that that people go with it, it, then it just becomes this inward, very much self-focus. This is my problem and everybody else has to, you know, you got to get out of that and then seek someone else that you can help along the way to get past yourself in a lot of those regards and to get mind off of self and focus on the needs that someone else has that you can be used to be a blessing to them. And to me, that's one of the keys to it. And so much of what's happened over this past year has become about. It's about self. I have to take care of self. I have to preserve self, and it's just all of this focus upon self without realizing that there are people out there in need that we should be we should be helping out along the way.
1: And again, that's that's easier said than done when you're going through For that sure. situation. Like I said, when I fought him, when I was going through those panic attacks, I didn't want to talk about anything else. It's just it, it, when you're going through that moment, you you don't know, you want them to understand.
2: No, you're okay. We Think can see moment. you.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. When at it, when you go through those times, like I was talking about before, um, and and you're frustrated this person because it, you know, like he was just saying, but it is so true, and i and I went through it, so I know. I will never forget the one day I was having one of the worst days of just anxiousness, and I read that morning the Lord put it upon my heart. This was in the middle of the beginning of pandemic where nobody left their house. Like it was ghost town everywhere. And the Lord said, you need to encourage somebody else today in person. And I can remember arguing with the Lord, we're in a pandemic. We're not going to see anybody today. I'm not going to, how am I supposed to do that? And he said, no, I want you. You have got to get your thoughts off of yourself. And this couple just randomly showed up at our house. They didn't care about no pandemic. <laughs> uh, we're living over here in South. Think they care, and they pulled up, and they needed to see their pastor and his wife, and they needed some fellowship. And I can remember being like, "What are they doing coming over here? We're all going to get COVID." And it wasn't even anywhere near us at that point. And um, I can remember being a little bit like, "I'm not frustrated, but frustrated. Like, how? Why would they come? We're all supposed to be staying away from each other." And we're in the living room, and we're talking, and everything kind of started relaxing. And all of a sudden, the Lord hit me upside the head because that lady started talking to him, and the man went out for outside, and she started asking my advice about something. And it was like, "Oh, wait a minute! I actually have to stop thinking about myself and my problem and actually help her with hers." And the Lord hit me upside the head and was like, "Oh yeah, I told you this was going to happen today." <laughs> so it was things like that that were just huge milestones in looking back now in my growth of that. But if I could just be an encouragement to anybody who's listening, just just be patient with it and trust and work through it and God will bring you out. It may you you're gonna honestly feel like it's going to be for the rest of your life. You're gonna live like that. In that moment you think I will die with it. And um that's just not true. So
2: well this has been super, super insightful, and I hope other people are being encouraged by it. And yes, this is a conversation that really could go on and on and on. So we'll close yeah, it this right. way, maybe a little bit more lighthearted. No, it's not you, Sarah. It's it's uh, my phone just said I got twenty percent left, and so I have to get off. So to end it on a light note, let's do this. Give us uh, needle knit advice. You know what needle knit advice is, right? Something you would needle knit on a pillow. Needle knit advice. Oh marital advice really quick something you would needle knit on a, something you've learned about marriage maybe even marriage. through this ma- marriage needle knit advice let's go
1: <laughs>
2: who's got something
1: I would, say, I would love to say don't go to bed angry but we do that
2: that, that's been needle knit on more things than in three seconds she goes to bed angry and she's right. good <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. can you think of anything
0: You
1: know. Oh, okay. I Okay. What about the. <laughs> how would you word that?
0: I don't know how you would knit that on a pillow, though, but.
1: Maybe put it like. What is it? Okay, so we have this thing where it, if if we are right with God, then marriage is right. As long as that's right, then this will be right. Now, honestly, we can tell when when things are going downhill, it's because maybe there's something iffy there between us and the Lord. Yeah. So stay, stay, stay in.
0: Sure. Well, and And, you know, I think for me, I've just got to a place where the reality of the statement: choose to love each other every day, no matter what.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's a good
0: one. That's a good one.
1: Choose, yes, every
0: And there are some days where it was like, I really don't want (laughs) this, but I'm going to make a conscious decision to choose to love each other every day, no matter what.
1: Good one.
2: That makes perfect that makes
0: sense.
1: Perfect. And
2: we should make the
0: t-shirts.
2: <laughs> we should make the t-shirts. And we'll make a pyramid one with God and the spouses on the bottom. We'll do that there one too. Go. There you go. Thank Let's
0: you all. Thank you for joining us on the Explicitly Us podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please do. You'll be the first to listen to our show when it's released every Monday.
1: See you next time on Explicitly Us.